Welcome to the podcast. I'm Candice Boddington, your host, an energy dealer and nutritional navigator in Cape Town, South Africa, and founder of The Bod Brand. In 2017, I made the commitment to live a holistic lifestyle to heal my anxiety, gut health, and hormonal imbalances. I truly hope that the space adds the value you seek and will give you the starting blocks to heal too. All you need to do to get started is subscribe and you can leave the rest in our hands. We're looking forward to sharing this time together. Thank you for listening. Let's get into Let's it. Get juicy. Yes. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's podcast. In studio, I have a friend and fellow how would I even say it? Instructor? Instructor, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Lexi from Wild Things Studio in Seapoint. So welcome to the podcast, Lex. Thank you. Um, all right, so if some of you don't know Lexi, just to reiterate, she is a instructor and owner of Wild Things Studio based in Seapoint. Um, and today we are going to be talking about all things yoga. So we're first going to just talk about the different types and summarize that. The realities of being a yoga instructor and studio owner. And then we're going to bust some myths and answer all of your Q&As that you popped onto my Instagram this past week. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's get into the juiciness. Okay, so Lex, let's start with the realities of being a yoga instructor in Cape Town. Okay, realities. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I get to do what I love every day. Um, I... Oh, I, I own the studio that I work for and always have worked for the studio that I yeah. own. So it's been, you know, really great in that I get to choose my own times. I get to choose who I get to work with. Um, you know, my partner and I, Dom, who's, who's been on the podcast before, um, have an incredible working relationship. So it's really easy to kind of, you know, grow and develop and change things because we're both, you know, non-attached yeah. to anything in particular. We're both super open-minded. We appreciate each other's ideas um there's minimal admin um I get a big portion of my day to myself um so I it's for me it's like my dream job it is yeah and it's I, my dream experience and I can say I mean I work I don't want to say for but more with yeah with, Lex, yeah, with. <laughs> with Lexi because I am in the studio twice a week and that's actually a question that got asked was do I instruct yoga and no I just instruct my ebook at wild things twice a week and I can even say from just being a part of the studio in some way, it's it's beautiful. It's it's so dreamy and thank it's you. so light. So yeah, very, thank very you, honored. Um yeah, so I don't know if you want to touch on any more of the the realities of being a yoga instructor. More um, so than studio owner. Uh you've got to meet people where they're at. Strike the balance between that and offering up a challenge but still allowing, you know, everyone who comes to your classes to feel successful when they leave. So there's quite a lot that goes into that, especially when you've got quite a broad variety of people that show up. Yeah. And how they show up. And how they show up, you know, to what extent are they showing up? You know, some people do treat it like a workout, which, you know, there is a physical experience in yoga, but it's not the primary focus. Um, and manage that, you know, it's, it's quite a lot to hold space for a group of people in that regard. Um, you know, your, your yoga practice is a space of healing primarily. Um, you know, that's what you, what, what you unroll your mat for. Everything else is kind of a benefit or exactly. Well, secondary to to it. Yeah. It's a nice to have, but you come there to heal and, you know, sometimes there are some emotional breakthroughs and, you know, people want to talk a lot. So, 
it's also important to stay boundaried and make sure that the relationship remains professional. You know, sometimes it's um, because it's such a emotionally vulnerable space to be in, um, you know, it can kind of sometimes be misconstrued almost like a psychotherapy session. I can resonate with that. Even as a personal trainer, there is that that very, very fine line Mm. of, and being a wellness coach, um, there is that fine line of being there for that person and showing up Mm. like they show up. But then also not getting so invested that you Absolutely. feel... Absolutely. So there's got to be a certain, yeah. you know, um, I don't want to say detachment, but we'll call it non-attachment Yeah. Um, in that regard. But yeah, honestly, I love working with bodies, all different kinds of bodies. It's um, a constant education. So it's, you know, I'm always deepening my understanding. And I just feel very lucky to be a, a student of the yoga practice, really. I, I Yes, I share the asana and, you know, some of it's... Um, more philosophical elements but honestly you know when you do get involved in the yoga practice you are an eternal student and it's really really cool to be an eternal student so i just want to quickly backtrack for people who i even like me i mean i practice yoga every now and then but what is asana what is that oh okay um (laughs) great question so asana is the physical practice okay so yoga is an eight-limbed path and the asana is the physical stuff so that's the thing that's the stuff you do on your mat in a studio that's the physical movement. Everything else is, you know, what makes, you know, because yoga means to yoke, to unify, to bring together. And, you know, for it to be yoga, there needs to be, um, you know, a deeper layer than just practicing the physical stuff. You know, there needs to be a certain level of self-inquiry and, you know, what you're learning on your mat and, you know, taking it off and off your mat and into your life. Yeah, that's you know? amazing. Yeah. So, you know, when you sure. do encounter a challenging experience in a yoga class, Instead of getting, you know, annoyed with the instructor or annoyed with yourself or whatever, turn it inward. Say, why, why is this triggering me? Yeah. What, you know, do I want to get up and walk out? Am I annoyed because I can't do this? Am I disheartened or whatever it is? Because the chances are, is that if you're doing it on your yoga mat, you're doing it in your life as well. You know, the way you do so one true. thing really is the way you do everything. I even say that with working out. <laughs> and a lot of the time I see people stop like five seconds before mm. the stopping point. And I always think, and I sometimes say, try your best to follow through with the commitment you've made because nine times out of 10, you're going to do that at work. You're going to do that with your partner. You're going to do that with yourself and every other part of your wellness journey. Yeah. So Stick it out for those five Commit seconds. Commit to it. Commit to it. Obviously, if you're injured or if you're in pain. Like, Absolutely. You know, is... And that's what I also like to always encourage is an element of like a self-practice in a class environment. Yeah. You know, I only know what it feels like to be in my body. I don't know what it feels like to be in your 100%. body. I don't, want to, I don't know what it feels like to be in anyone else's body but my own. So it's really important, you know, when you do practice a group class to always make sure that it's tuned to suit you. You know, a, an instructor can only lead you through a sequence, you know, and kind of prompt you to think about certain things but really you've got to modify it in order to serve you so it's I really that, important yeah. that it's safe yeah that's amazing cool let's let's um let's jump onto the next one all right so let's try keep this super simple <laughs> we have so many questions, yeah, questions. <laughs> i think i might have to break this into two like okay. maybe myths and the summary questions and then we can do the q a in a separate one okay cool. um because yeah we've got some juiciness <laughs> okay so Different types and a summary of the main ones. Okay, so the main... Being yoga practices, I'm assuming. All right, so I primarily teach and practice vinyasa. And vinyasa is quite a fluid, creative, 
um, breath focus sequence or not it's not a set sequence it changes from teacher to teacher there can be a different focus you know for example you know you'll go to a backbending class and the teacher will sequence the class in order to you know get deeper into backbends which are connected to heart opening and you know etc and it's linked with the breath so you move on the breath in and then you change your posture on the breath out and it's kind of like a bit dancey it's quite creative it's fun to do it to music um, and that's my preferred style there's Bikram, and I don't think we actually say Bikram anymore. We call it hot yoga now. Okay. And that is a that is done in a hot room, very hot room, humidified. And it is a set sequence of, I think, 26 postures. And you hold those postures for between three and five minutes at a time. Yeah, I know. Right? Sorry, no one saw my face then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an experience. Um, really not my thing, but, you know, each obviously each to their own. Um, there's yin, which is more focused on the breath and the meditation. Everything is seated and lying down. And that's really, in terms of the physical the physical focus there, it's really focused on opening up the fascia. So that's all the connective tissue that spans across our muscles. And a lot of the time, um, we're really stiff and tight because our fascia is really stiff and tight. So when we, you know, move into a yin practice, you know, and all most of the other styles of yoga are the yang element. So the yin is gentle it's breath focused, it's introspective and you support yourself with a lot of props. So you'll have like a bolster or a block, you know, cause a sometimes bolster? what's a bolster, like a big kind of rectangular firm pillow. Okay. Yeah. Or, and blankets and eye masks. And you know, so that went and it's all seated and lying down and, um, you know, to fully release into a posture, you, you need to feel supported. So for example, if you're sitting you know, on your bum with the soles of your feet touching and your knees falling open. A lot of the time people experience a lot of tightness in the hips. So the knees kind of like bunch up and you struggle to really let them go. You know, so you're always holding a little bit of tension there. So that's where the props come in, which are great. You know, you bring, uh, put props beneath your knees or wedge them between your thighs or beneath your thighs. And then that allows the support so that you can actually kind of soften into the shape. And then you hold that for an extended period of time. So I really love yin. It's an incredible practice. And I really do believe, you know, everyone needs to be doing some form of yin. You know, yeah. it's, it's even like... Even at home. Even at home. Absolutely at home. You can do it while you're watching TV. It's essentially, you know, a deep stretch in yeah. the physical... In the physical side In of the it. physical side of it. Yeah. Um, Kundalini is... Interesting. Is interesting. I'm actually going to find a simple summary of that. Sorry, let me edit this out. That's <laughs> fine. Kundalini. Okay, so Kundalini is in Hinduism refers to the form of divine energy said to be located in the base of the spine. So Kundalini is all about accessing that, you know, Kundalini energy, unleashing it, unlocking it, allowing it to kind of flow through you. And it's very powerful. And it's very intense. It's very intense. I, I haven't done Kundalini, but I did. No, I lie. I did do it once at a studio and I kind of didn't know what to expect and I just walked in and I was like I'm gonna do this <laughs> and I ended up just crying through the whole thing because it is quite intense absolutely especially it's a if lot you're of, not prepared for it yeah so they have kriyas which are um these sequences and I, I there's like a whole book of them as far as I know I don't know too much about the kundalini practice but I have done it a few times before and it is very powerful. It's, yeah. There's a lot of chanting. There's a lot of breath work. Um, there's a lot and it's of... It's like quick breath work. Yeah, so very quick. So it's kind of almost hyperventilative. Yeah. And, um, you know, 
there'll be things where you've got you've got your arms extended out in line with your shoulders with your yeah. thumbs facing up and then that's called ego removing yeah and you you pulse your thumbs up toward the ceiling for minutes at a time and i mean it's 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 strangely physical but not in the way you would kind of imagine yeah, a you, yoga practice you're sitting to down be. Most yeah you're the sitting time. down most of the time and it's it's awesome i'm very respectful of the kundalini practice yeah. i think there's a um i think there's a huge movement towards it you know excuse the pun <laughs> exactly <laughs> um what else ashtanga there yes. are a few series of ashtanga it's also a set sequence so there's the primary series and the secondary series and that is kind of where vinyasa stems from oh, okay i didn't yeah. actually know that yeah so ashtanga is kind of like the umbrella for a lot of um different physical yoga practices um and yeah, that's kind of, that's everything I can think of off the top of my head. Um, so it's, you know, you find what works best for you and what resonates best with you and then you move with that. Yeah, it definitely has a starting block, I think. Cool. All right, let's get into some myths because we've got a few. All right, going straight into it. Is it true you can't do yoga if you are hypermobile or flexible? No, no. Short answer. No, no. just no. <laughs> to, short answer actually is that if you can breathe, you can do yoga. There yeah. is no reason on the face of the earth that anybody can't be doing yoga. It is not exclusive to anybody, anybody either. Yeah. You know, so there are always ways to modify and change the practice in order to serve you because the yoga practice is there to serve your internal landscape. And like you said in the beginning, yoga is only one part it's, of... Well, the physical part yeah. is literally just the conduit to that. Yeah. You know, so that's that's your connection to your internal landscape. And, um, you know, what if you are hypermobile and flexible, then all you really need to be doing is focusing on the strength element of it. And I think that actually goes into our second one, and that is you can't do yoga if you aren't flexible. Well, I mean, flexibility is an outcome of yoga. It's not a prerequisite. You exactly. Know, if you, I, all the time, you know, it's almost like immediately when people hear that I'm a yoga instructor, the first thing they say is like, oh, I, I can't do yoga. I can't touch my toes. Mm. And I'm kind of like, oh, <laughs> you're not expected to touch your toes. If no one's trying to touch their toes, they can't touch their toes. Exactly. Like that takes time. Like you have to... You've got, you've got to, you've got to get there. I mean, there's no, there's nothing that you need to be able to do or access in order to start practicing. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that's two questions in one. Boom. <laughs> Yoga. Is it easier if you're lighter in weights? Again, uh, it feel like it falls under the it same. Falls, yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Um, I don't like to speak to the weight element of yoga. I do see that, um, it is, you know, widely marketed, oh, sorry, um, and predominantly marketed to thin, able-bodied white women. Yes. And for me, that is, it's it's really upsetting because that in turn makes yoga exclusive. Yeah, which it's not. And it's not. Any form it of is movement any is not. Any body ex- type, anybody can and has, is it, the, the practice is accessible to you. And it just simply means modifying shapes slowing down your own practice, resting when you need to, and just, you know, changing it in a way that is going to serve you and not trying to fit into a mold or try and... Of what you think Of what you think, you know, yoga people are. Yoga people are just people. Yeah. You know, everyone is just a person. Everyone can do yoga and it doesn't matter what you look like or, you know, how able you are or who you think you are. You you, you can do yoga. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I think... 
you know, with regards to flexibility and with regards to weight, this almost falls into it as well. And that is, do you really get better with time? Yes. And I, I think mean, that's with anything, really. Of you course. Know. And I mean, also better is kind of, I wouldn't say it's the right word to use. With More regards stronger. To yoga. I, yeah, I'd say stronger. I'd say your practice can deepen with yes. time. But like you said, like that goes with anything. Like if you really commit to it and you arrive at your class or on your mats, in your living room, wherever you've decided to practice and you continue to show up, then yes, your practice will deepen. You know, it's a discipline. Yeah. Not everyone feels motivated all the time. No. I, I certainly no. don't wake up every morning going, I can't wait to practice today. I can't wait to exercise. I, like, it's just like, okay, I know I need to do this and I'm going to do it. Exactly. And that's the same, I feel, with a lot of movements in general is it's the discipline element, mm. not the habit. Exactly. A lot of people focus on routines and habits. And at the end of the day, when it does come to something that is physical, I find discipline helps far more. Mm -hmm. Like, it helps a lot more. And then also with regards to getting better with time, as an instructor myself, I find that as time goes on, yes, you get stronger, so maybe better, but you also get stronger, which means you're going to be inclined to try and do more. Exactly. And then it's not going to feel exactly. like you're progressing. Exactly. You start to become almost like a little less fearful. Yeah. And you want to push your practice, but you exactly. know, sometimes you can hit a bit of a plateau and that's okay too. And you know, I think it's important to speak to the fact that you do arrive with a different body every day. Yes. You know, you don't Especially know. Especially women. So exactly. You know, you don't know what's going to come up on your mat. So unroll it, get on it. And whatever comes up on that particular day is what comes up. Deal with it there. Yeah. You know, don't arrive with expectation like, okay, so yesterday I could get into a full wheel and then a forearm stand and then a this and then the mm. splits. And today I can barely hold a high lunge. Yeah. Like it, it's different, you know, and like you said, especially in women, our hormonal fluctuations, you know, change. <laughs> Snoring puppy. So we do have Vader in the studio. He's cuddling me, but he's having a bit of a dream. Aww. No, it's okay. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, our, the fluctuations in our hormones affect our strength, it affects our moods, it affects our mindset. So just unroll your mat and whatever arrives is what arrives whatever you're capable of is what you're capable of today and that's exactly. it's you know weave in the compassion as well yeah you know because that's that's a big part of the practice yeah being compassionate to yourself and with earlier yeah, and with a lot of things but yeah just stick to the topic compassion when moving all right so the next one i think is going to be quite a, a juicy one and quite mm. lengthy but we'll try our best to to keep it short and sweet okay so i got this question asked more than I expected and that was does help does yoga help with toning and weight loss and I feel like I know your answer but let's dive into it okay <laughs> <clears throat> so I mean I actually you know what I actually read something really beautiful today um and it was on my friend's Instagram account it's the mindful movement and Dom actually pointed me in the direction of that. We miss you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> miss you, friend. And it says here, which style of yoga is best for losing weight? Oh boy, I get this one a lot. So I'm reading this off her Instagram account. Any style of yoga will allow you to lose weight, but not the kind you're thinking of. You will be absolutely lighter through the practice of yoga as you release, number one, the burden of perfection. Number two, the attachments to labels, self-limiting beliefs and old wounds. Number three, the habits and old patterns that no longer serve you. Number four, the idea that you aren't already enough and will somehow be happier or more worthy once you lose weight. Depending on your life context and the conversation you, conversations you've had with your healthcare professional, losing weight physically may be beneficial to you. 
but that's not the intention that is relevant to the practice of yoga. Take that one to your hit cardio class if it truly serves you. Yoga is an eight-limb path. It teaches us gratitude, compassion, service to others, non-possessiveness, but it's not about changing the way our body looks. The asana, like we discussed earlier, the physical practice, can teach us so much and it certainly has physical benefits, but it pains me when I hear a teacher tell me in chair pose that it'll be worth it for bikini season. This is my worst narrative. Has someone said that? Uh, I mean, I haven't been in a room where it's been said, but I imagine that, Goodness, you know, yeah. well, I mean, it's what gets, it's what gets people in the room, you 100%. know, unfortunately our connection to movement and exercise is inherently disordered. You know, so, everyone, that's so well put. it's, yeah. it's, you know, we've, we've got this like obsession with bikini season and being thin and being toned. Like why, why is that the predominant focus for everybody? Why are we not trying to be kinder to ourselves, you know, and instead of just focusing on what makes us feel good, you know, that then the other stuff follows. 100%. But you know, if you have, if you are dedicated to... And it follows to, through in so many other ways. It does follow through. And you yeah. know, it does, when you do start doing things, you know forms of exercise or movement that don't feel like punishment like you're not trying to just live through the hour your body follows suit you know your body is listening in on absolutely everything you're telling it so while you are pounding away on that treadmill and hating every second of it your body's responding to that more than it is to the running exactly you know it's experiencing the stress you know there's we I mean, release yeah. cortisol into our bodies, which and cortisol is something that holds onto fat and to water. So if you're doing exercise that is causing you stress, which it most you know likely is if you're not enjoying it, then you then it's the adverse effect. Yeah, and I found even through my own lessons of pushing myself a lot is that those emotions, whether you're conscious of them or not in that class pushing store in your body and create injuries. They create disease. Absolutely. And over time, it will catch up. I promise 100%. you, I'm speaking from like experience. So, so am I. Oh my yeah. goodness. I used to absolutely kill myself exercising. I do like three or four really intense hour long, I won't say who, where, but you know, yeah. these classes. And then I do weight training for an hour twice a week. And then I would still be practicing yoga. And, and instructing it. And well, I mean, it was actually before I was instructing. So okay. and when I started instructing, I started learning a lot more and a lot quicker and being a lot more respectful and compassionate towards you know my own physical appearance yes um but I, for some reason I just wasn't getting into the physical shape that I wanted to be in and I and only after you know getting into my teaching practice really understanding the yoga practice and giving myself and stopping at dead stopping all of that you know really intense almost like abusive exercise. You know, you walk into a room mm. and someone's screaming at you and someone's really giving it a go. Like it's one thing to do a half an hour of a hit workout where you're like challenging yourself. Yes. But to do a full hour of like really high intensity, radical exercise is actually going to have far more of a negative effect than it is going to have a positive effect. Unless you are crazy and just enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then I mean, you, if like that's you your said, thing too, then you're enjoying it. Yes. You know, it's like, yes. it's when you're not enjoying it and when you're like, okay like someone 15 told me this minutes would work. down yeah someone told me this was what would work mm. someone's shouting about bikini season someone's you know saying like suck it in or whatever the hell they're saying and that it's it's not it's not going to end up serving you you're going to get hurt because you are operating from a place of like punishment almost fear actually. yes and fear yeah you're, you know you're scared of what you're going to look like in a cozy or you know what whatever the case may be you're operating out of a place that isn't 
out of like acceptance and love for yourself and where you are right then and there. It's like destination syndrome. Mm. You know, like, I'll like, be happier when. Yes, exactly. I'll be better when. Yes. Yeah. No, I feel yeah. So I mean, so long as you are moving in a way that feels good and is safe, then your you know your body changes. You and know, it really I don't, does. It really, really, really does. I took off. When was it? So from December to now, I haven't exercised. Everything fits me. Okay, not not exercise, but I've done a bit of yoga. I've walked a bit. I've done a few mm. of my body book workouts. But on the whole, maybe exercising once to twice a week. Yeah. And my clothes fit. Yeah. Better. Yeah. I feel better. My Absolutely. my hormones are balancing out. I get my period back. Uh, my skin's cleared up. Like my whole body is going to a homeostasis. Exactly, oh my! It was exactly the same for me when I yeah. stopped that radical exercise and that like obsessive diet culture the like punish yeah. yes and restriction and you know i have to do this then you know when i let go of all of that everything changed yeah it's you know, crazy now it's all so i crazy. do is yoga i come to your classes from your ebook mm-hmm. and i i do some walking and outside of that like I, in comparison to what i was doing i almost feel lazy but mm. that's also my own like disordered conditioning my own disordered relationship with exercise i'm there too i'm Uh literally there i'm like i have these days where i i see girls just like smashing gym every day and i definitely compare myself and i think i'm not doing enough and that falls into the i'm not enough yeah but um when i see the benefits from a real health perspective um and i got such a scare with my hashimoto's at the end of last year it's yeah it's not worth it no it's really not and um you know, over-exercising in women is very common, um, and it's not, it's, not, it's not good for us, especially in the longevity of it mm-hmm. all, you know, it's not great for our skin, it's not great for our, you know, our boobs bouncing up and down everywhere, and it's, you know, in, in terms of our endocrine system, it really radically affects that, especially if it's inducing stress, you know, high, loud, intense environments elevate cortisol, and cortisol, like I said earlier, will retain water. Yeah, 100%. Okay, alrighty. I feel like we definitely <laughs> could talk about that for quite a while. Oh, forever and ever, amen. But, but we have in questions. Summary, do, <laughs> in summary, don't go to yoga for that reason. It's a byproduct. Yes. If, even if it is that, even like it's your focus when you start yoga is to heal and to love yourself and to, you know, those things that I read out of mm. that Instagram post. <laughs> Weight loss may be a byproduct, but maybe. That's back of your mind, shelve it. 100%. And uh, just a... Oh, that was nice mm. sort of thing. Okay, cool. So going into the actual private versus studios, well, gym versus private studio, is there a substantial difference to get the true value out of your practice from a gym class or from a private studio? Yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, I've actually never done a gym class, but I've looked in on them when I used to go when I used to go to the gym back in those back, <laughs> back in the day. yonder year. Um, Sometimes I miss the smell of chlorine. But oh that's my just goodness! Me being yeah, weird. that was the only reason that I liked going to the gym because I'd walk in, and I could smell a swimming pool. Yeah, that was it. Um, but oh gosh, I haven't been to a gym in a long time. A long time, and. So it'll be, because it's a gym, it's obviously focused on the physical and the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So it's going to leave very little room for any, for really experiencing the full benefits of the yoga practice. And a lot of the time, that's where teachers start out. So you'll be finding very new teachers in a gym environment. You know, if you go to a yoga studio, there'll be the availability to extend and deepen your practice. And if you are in a gym, 
there's an even greater chance of a bigger variety of people to arrive. So you've got to cater for everyone. You've got to make it as accessible for the 80 year old lady in the back as it is for, you know, me or you in the front of the room. Mm. And it's kind or of someone who doesn't even know it was or yoga someone class. Know, yes. Or someone <laughs> who doesn't know it's a yoga class or someone who doesn't know what a downward facing dog is. So, I mean, there's, it'll be, it'll, it's a great place to start in a gym, you know, especially if you're not used to a yoga, you know, or if you don't want to financially invest. In exactly. If you're not ready to invest, um, then that's a fantastic place to start just to, you know, start figuring out your practice. But then there are also other great cost effective ways to, um, start practicing yoga. There are a lot of, um, free online sources, um, and as far as I know, Yoga with Adrian on YouTube is great. A lot yeah. of people talk about that. Um, there are apps and there are all sorts of things. And I would just say, you know, start in a gym where it's safe and contained and you've got the expertise of someone who's trained to manage your body and, you know, keep an eye on you and make sure you're not hurting yourself. And then once you kind of have established a bit of a relationship with your body, then, you know, take it home and see where you go from there. Mm. And then from there, decide if you want to, you know, continue to push it in a studio environment. And a studio environment's great as well because you'll have people um, similar to you yeah. coming in and also, you know, want to ask questions. And it's a, it's a community, you know, and it's, it's a like-minded community. So, so everyone who's arriving in a studio space is kind of, is there for the same reason. Yes, or similar, similar, similar reason. reason. But I think from like a myth-busting point of view, would you say it's better to start in a gym or in a studio? Or is it just not a much I of mean, a muchness? It's, it's, much, it's, it's down to the individual, yeah. really. You know, whatever is going to make you more comfortable, I th- I'd say. Yeah, but that's... I mean, you, you, will, you will definitely benefit a lot more in a studio. You will, have, yeah. you will experience the benefits, you know, to a greater extent in a studio environment because it's yoga focused. You know, the gym isn't yoga focused. Yeah. It's just a class there. And why I say, you know, starting out in a gym is a good place um, as well or online or whatever is to actually connect with your body. You know, even if you are doing exercise, there's a good chance that you actually don't really have much of an association with what you're doing. You know, if we're running on a treadmill or pushing weights, we're actually kind of just surviving it. Our form is generally not corrected or focused on or, you know, I see a lot of people who are very avid gym goers come into the yoga class and they can't hold a plank. You know, so you've got to establish that connection with your body, know your rights from your left, understand, you know, this is my leg, this is my elbow. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it can be disorientating if you don't, Mm. if you don't know. Yeah. And you don't have, you know, our minds and our bodies are, there's quite a big gap between them. So it's really important to kind of like minimize that gap and yoga can absolutely do that. Um, I was actually going to say, because I mean, I'm going to jump into a sneaky new question because Mm -hmm. it falls into our conversation now and that is. Can yoga fix bad postures? And if so, what kind of yoga would you then move to? Any yoga. It's just going to yeah. bring more awareness to your and body. And would it, would it be something that does fix posture? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's yeah. uh, we spend such a big portion of our day hunched around our laptops, you know, with our tech's neck looking down at our phone. Driving our cars. Driving our cars. You know, everything's kind of a little bit hunched over. Yeah. So yoga, what it does is kind of just bring a little bit more awareness to how you're sitting, how you're standing, you know, a good instructor will, you know, cue a high mountain, you know, lift your rib cage away from your pelvis, you know, lengthen up through the side body, reach your arms up. And there are, there are lots of little different things that you do in a yoga class that will naturally filter through into your life. Yeah. 
Well, hopefully. Hmm. <laughs> we live in hope. Yeah. Okay, so I... Oh, my word, you're going to love this one. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. The effects of hot yoga versus yoga in the normal temperature room. <sighs> okay. So... <laughs> where, do we, where do we start? Let's just start with, I think, is... What are your views as a instructor on hot yoga? So... And what is the actual science behind it? Because there is a science, absolutely. essentially. So when Dom and I opened the studio, we originally weren't going to heat it. So we have obviously had plenty of experience in heated rooms. And for the most part, studios are heated with convectional heat. And then because that hot air that gets kind of blown into the room is so dry, it's humidified, which increases the the feeling of heat, you know, the feels a lot hotter and after having experienced it a lot um I could not see the value in it you know you spend an hour there doing essentially what is aerobic exercise in a sauna environment and for the sake of a well-rounded argument I you know before I came here I searched the benefits of doing yoga in those kinds of conditions and the only benefits I could find were related to calorie burning and for me, like the negative side effects, which are which are in abund- in their abundance, you know, it's I've heard of people who've had renal failure, um, a lot of fungal infections because the environment is so perfect to you know breed bacteria, um, getting sick, you know, de- radical dehydration, mm. you know, it's. Um, I've also gotta... had a, um, a few conversations around girls saying that even three hours after coming out of a hot yoga studio, like a, a, a heated heated class. That they would shake for like three hours. Well, afterwards. exactly. You know, and you it's are, just your body trying to come back to that homeostasis. Well, and it is because it's 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 essentially in a preheat stroke condition. Yeah. You know, and you yeah you lose a lot of fluid, and what you think you're doing is losing weight. You're losing water, but with that water, a lot of you know electrolytes and a lot of sugars and salts and things that we need for our bodies to function is just lost. You know, just because. We want to be thin. Like, it's just this, it always circles back to this desire to be thin. And I just like, I'm like, are you really willing to put your organs, your skin, your heart under that kind of pressure for that? You know, so in the space of an hour, you end up losing like three liters of fluids, which is in what world, in what other can... And who drinks three liters of water? Sorry, I don't. And I read this article yesterday, actually published in Women's Health about doing hot yoga, about doing hot yoga. And... All they could find in the positive was, you know, it burns more calories because your heart's working harder to pump blood all the way around your Was that you've got to be thinking about how much water you've drank 24 hours before you go to the class. So you've got to like really, you've got to drink something like three liters 24 hours beforehand, 24 hours as well. Like that's a long time to be thinking about that. And then afterwards, really catch up on all the water that you could have potentially lost during that time. And... In my opinion, it's negligent to have people doing aerobic exercise in that kind of environment. It's, you know, firstly, it's it can create a lot more injuries because you think because of the heat, you think you're a lot more supple than you are. And your tendons do tend to, you know, take a lot of strain. And um, I just I, I, I just don't I don't see the value in it yeah. uh, to, you know, it's one thing going to sit in a sauna and experiencing all the fantastic benefits of going to sit in a sauna, you know, but you're you not release, exerting, you're not exerting, exactly. Practice. 
you're not That's exerting you're not exerting anything you know you're sitting there and yes it detoxes heavy metals it's you know it's great to it's it's a detoxifying practice basically but to put yourself under that kind of strain for an extended period of time i really don't i really don't believe is a good thing to do but that being said we do heat the room with infrared you know so it's not heating the air around you up it heats objects near to it so if you've done any reading or understand anything about infrared is that it's unbelievable for um, cellular regeneration muscular restoration anxiety management you sleep like a dream so we did a lot of research before we decided to actually put infrared heat in and That's we don't cool. hu- yeah and we don't humidify the room either because dry heat is a lot more beneficial for you than humidified heat um, and yeah, that was, you know, there were just so many benefits to infrared and, um, you know, if you just literally type in infrared sauna or infrared anything, you'll see how unbelievable it is for you. And it's, it's on and off. So it you get as hot as you work. So that also allows you to actually deepen your practice, you know, because, That's very cool. because you're not in just a ridiculously hot room pouring with sweat and, you know, just letting the heat do the work for you. And when I did my teacher training, one of the teachers actually said, you know, it was at one of these studios that do um, this very intense style of heat, said, don't make the sequence too complicated. Let the heat do the work for you. Oh, I like and, that. That's cool. Well, it, um, it actually meant, like, don't push your practice. Yeah, it I meant, guess. Yeah, it meant don't push your practice. The heat's doing the work. So you'll see the oh, instructor, yeah, wait, exactly, when you I think about that, it. I heard that differently. Yes. So she said... Don't complicate the sequence. The heat does the work. Oh, okay. No, yeah. I heard that so differently. <laughs> oh my God, that's nice. Oh, yeah, it's, oh. it's not. Um, <laughs> so then, you know, you'll see the teachers in the room who actually aren't practicing at all, but pouring with sweat. You know, so, hot. so it's just so hot. It's Mm-mm. so hot, you know, and you're, the sweat gets in the way. You can't actually concentrate. You're like thinking about breathing. Like, you know, you you like you set yourself up right by the door crack so that you can just yeah. you know, suck in some oxygen from underneath the door. And I just, there's, for me, the, the contraindications vastly outweighed the one benefit of and using then, yeah. weight. Yeah. So it's just a no. A no from, from, from Lex yeah. and from Candace. <laughs> Cool. All right. This one made me giggle. Can yoga make you a bit taller? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That I, don't I, don't, I don't know if it can make you it a bit taller. It can maybe make you feel taller. Yeah. I mean, you'll definitely stand up a little straighter. It's, you know, because you're focusing on extending a lot, um, you know, so just by virtue of the fact that you're extending your limbs and, you know, thinking about growing taller all the time, you know, maybe it can lengthen your muscles out. I don't know. It's not really something I've ever focused. Yeah. Or thought about. But well, it's it's cute. I it like is it. sweet. <laughs> Could do with an extra inch. <laughs> okay, so we've got two more myths to bust, and um, then we're actually going to be um recording two episodes today. So today is just going to be the myth busting, and then next week we are going to roll all the Q and A's that you had. So. Really hope that you do stay for that, but let's get into the last two myths. And the first one on the list is, does yoga involve worshipping someone? No. Um, the practice is originated from Eastern ideology, but now it's, it's practice to deepen your relationship with yourself. So whatever your faith is, whatever your beliefs are, it deepens your relationship to that. So you're not 
you know, worshipping an entity or, you know, it's, it's important to respect the origins. But what you're doing now is it's, it's focused on your internal work. So really, you know, it, it deepens your connections with everything, you yeah. know, yourself, your faith, your relationships, your... And whatever faith you whatever, have. Whatever it is that you are invested in, it deepens your connection to that. Yeah, I love that. Okay, cool. All right. And then last question, and that is, well, last myth, is yoga just as good as doing cardio? I feel like that falls into the weight. Yeah side of things and I I, mean, I think I, they're two different things to be honest but they are they're different things and I you know in my own personal you know fitness experience you know all of the cardio and intense exercise I used to do does not even compare to the strength that I experience now so my body is so much more accessible to me I feel a lot I feel so much stronger I feel so much more I've got a lot more endurance um, and, you know, cardio is great, but like, especially women, you can go for a walk. You know, if you enjoy running, run. If you mm. don't enjoy it, don't do it. I hate running. You could not get me to run for all the tea in China. I ain't running. <laughs> no. I just run like a duck and it just feels weird. So I'm I just, just don't, not, no. I just don't I run. mean, I, cardio is great for your heart, but I mean, it depends on what you want. You know, mm. I, I mean, I, I feel like, Everything is geared towards getting into a shape, you know, whatever, in inverted commas. Um, but cardio is just going to make your, your heart healthy. Yeah. That's, that's all which cardio is going to do. Which you can do with a walk. Which you, can, which you can do with a walk, which you can do with a half an hour hit workout, which you can do with yoga. Mm. Yes, it's, you know, it's going to be cardio intensive. But you've also got to, when you arrive on your yoga mat, it's, it, your mindset needs to shift from surviving a workout to really investing in yourself. Yeah, you know, I think that's very important. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to, you know, it's in a workout environment, you're kind of like running to get through the period of time you need to run. You're squatting to get through the period of time that you have to squat. You're, you know, pressing your weights up. I don't even know what these things are called. Oh, my goodness. Um, and you're doing all the teams. All, yeah, all the exercise things. But the focus is different. You know, you want it to be... You, you want to f- have every sensation when you're moving through your yoga practice. You really want to feel into everything and push it, you know, extend your leg as much as you can. Really be active through your feet, you know, be lift your chest, really like embody the cues that are being shared with you by the instructor in order for you to get the most out of your practice and then do your very best. Yeah, you know, whatever that is. Whatever that is on the day. Yeah. Whatever your very best is on that day, do that. I mean, there's been some days where I've gone to a yoga class and I've had a really difficult time and I, I'm struggling and I'm really struggling that I actually just end up laughing at myself because I'm like, I know this is all I've got, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I don't get and bleak about be, it. I mean, there needs to be an element of lightheartedness as well. Yeah. You know, it's uh, yoga is, is, it's fun, you know, and it can be yeah. seen as very serious and, you know, I've got to come and I'm just super zen right now and all of that stuff and it's 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 it not can that. be if you really want but if, i come in with a lot of humor because i'm you not have good to. you gotta yet. do it you gotta do it no such thing as good and not good yeah um but it's it's a it's fun yeah. you know yoga needs to be approached with an element of lightheartedness mm. you know there's nothing serious about it just go explore yourself explore your inner landscape have a good time and then whatever comes whatever from that. came up 
with the, when you roll up your mat, let it go. Mm. But take the lessons with you. Yeah. You know, don't attach to how well you think you did it. You know, it's yeah. not about that. Listen, I've even done that to myself before. I'm like, I did so well. I did so terribly. And then afterwards, I'm like, I just do it to laugh. Because <laughs> there's normally some element of humor, whether it's good or bad, that comes out of it. Um, but I think we're going to leave this episode here for today. And then Lex is going to be with us again next week, which is just so exciting. Mm. We're going to be answering, like I said, the Q&As, which were quite a bit. Um, but like every episode, I love to end with a question. And that is, what would you tell your 16-year-old self today? Oh, that's so sweet. Shame. I know. My 16-year-old self. Um <laughs> You will feel much less awkward in due time. I promise. <laughs> oh, you're an awkward little one. I'm still an awkward one. <laughs> less awkward though. More <laughs> stoked is, about my exactly, awkwardness. Exactly. Fine with the awkwardness. It's yeah, yeah. Less awkward. I love that. All right, guys. You can tune in again next week for another episode with Lexi answering Q and A's on all things yoga. Thanks for tuning in. Lots of love. Bye. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this podcast. I want to listen to you too. So if you have any questions or ideas of dream guests, I'm all ears. I'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned for the answers to your questions and to hear your dream guests on this podcast. Send your questions and requests to candice.buddington at gmail.com and I look forward to connecting with you on a much deeper level. Bye.